This episode is brought to you by marketing consulting firm, the Bonafide Lyrics and Marketing, LLC, where creativity meets business. You can check us out at www.theblm.com for more information on how we help local artists and creatives maximize their business presence. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's the All Love, No Fear Podcast. Hey, It's hey. the All Love, No Fear Podcast. Hey, Check hey. us out. Hey. It's the All Love, Oh, No Fear Podcast. podcast uh-huh, podcast. uh-huh. All Love, Oh, No Fear Podcast. Hey. Hey. Greetings and salutations, good people. Greetings to the all. I, I, I didn't know where you were going. I thought you were going to say, Greetings to the almighty, most high, ja, ja, ja. I thought that's where you were going. I was I was not going there. Ja, Rastafari. No disrespect <laughs> to the Rastafarians. These are just these are just statements that we're making. We're not trying to disparage your religion or anything. So We are not. Just be cool. Just be cool. Much respect to you. So, hey, y'all. What's up? What What's up, happening? What up? 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 What's happening? All you haters should get at me. That's right. Because I hear you and I'm watching, but I'm still here. Shout to T.I. That's, that's, <laughs> one, of my, that's one of my faves. Um, right. I think when we were talking about uh, trap music last week, I was like, that, that was one of the songs that helped me graduate college. So shout, shout to T.I. Word. Appreciate you. Um, just T.I. though, not Clifford. Clifford does entirely too much, but T.I. with the music. <laughs> really enjoy. That's um, right. It's clear distinction you got to make these days. So how are you, sir? How are I'm, you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm refreshed. I'm revived. Cool. I'm revived. Um, I'm cool. I'm ready for this. Uh, this versus later. So big facts. Big let's facts. Go. By the time this pod comes out, Patty and Gladys would have gone head to head. Um, I can't wait. I'm ready. I'm, re- I'm ready. My calendar is cleared. Did you see the videos? Oh, yes, I did see the videos. Um, they're not playing around with us. Um, <laughs> Gladys was like, I have banana pudding. Patty was like, I have a whole Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Patty <laughs> said, I got patty pies. I, I see the product placement. I'm not mad at it. It's just real classy, like season lady shade. And I'm yeah. ready. Gladys took me out, though. Gladys said, get into this Grammy, though. She's like, look, look, see. Look, see, look at me, look at me. I've had Grammy since the sixties, girl. What have you, what have you been doing? Um, <laughs> so it, it's just funny to see. I can't wait though. This is definitely not a battle. This is a celebration. Yes. Although I will say I stand Gladys Knight. Um, she's on that list of celebrities that need to stay protected. Because when Michael and Prince and all them started dying, I said, "Oh no, oh hey, Abba, no." Um, we got a bubble wrap, Gladys. We got a bubble wrap Stevie. They can't go nowhere. They got to hang out for a little while. Because I'm going to be discraught if something happened to one of them. Discraught. Not yeah. distraught, but discraught. Please understand. Um, and um, I, I think I like this one because this is the first time that like they were like throwing shots before the battle. Yes. Because the other ones, they were trying to be real nice before the battle. Like, I like girl, If Brandy you. and Monica had threw some shots, I'd have been entertained because we know they don't <laughs> like each other. So like it, it was it was it was the first time like there was like we're throwing shots before the battle we ready let's go. But because it's before, like so like, classy though it's so classy based. I no, it, it is. But it's 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 interesting because like they because like people didn't do it because before like 
they would like do things like we gotta appreciate the music and everything. They're like, no, we're we're gonna throw. We're, Who, we're going to be shady. Whoever came up with the concept to do this classy, well-shot, well-produced uh, shade between the two ladies, give that person a raise. I hope they're being appropriately compensated. They, they, like, well, because they're the funny genius. thing is, I knew Patty LaBelle would do it. Because Patty LaBelle would be having well-produced things. Patty LaBelle is shady boots. Like, she's yeah. shadyboots.com. I think she cooks on her Instagram anyway. She does. So Patty said it ain't no problem. I, I got the production company already. But you know what, what Gladys <laughs> had over Patty? Gladys didn't pull no pie out of a pan out of a container from Walmart and put it in the stove. Gladys said, I'm going to make this banana pudding. <laughs> like, I'm going to show y'all me pouring the, the mixture over. Y'all going to see the vanilla wafer in there. I got it in my Pyrex dish. I didn't pull nothing out no container, Miss Patty. I said, all right, I see you, Gladys. I see what you're doing. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Word. I'm ready. Word. I'm ready. Say, speaking of which, I was like, if Stevie Wonder did a verse with who? No one. Who can stand next to Stevie? Stevie done wrote all your songs. What you gonna play? Stuff he wrote? Yeah, it's, it's not, <laughs> like, I don't know if anybody can Stuff do you Stevie. sampled from Stevie? What you gonna play? Girl, don't waste time. Um, but I would love to see a Stevie Wonder versus with someone. I would just love to see Stevie Wonder playing and singing. That's right. really all I want. His versus, versus himself? Yeah, Stevie versus Stevie. <laughs> yeah, that, that basically is what it would be. Like, Stevie, when he first came out versus, like, 2000s and on Stevie, like, they could battle. But I, I can't think of anybody who would be able to battle Stevie... And it'd be like a realistic battle. No, no one's alive. That part. Because no I was no like, way. maybe Smokey Robinson, but I kind of feel like Stevie wrote stuff for Smokey Robinson. So what's Smokey going to play? Something yeah. that Stevie wrote? Yeah, so you know, I was just going to play this song. You know, you wrote it, but you know, it was one of my biggest hits. Like, come on. It just looks nuts. It's not fair. So, no shade to Smokey. It's just, it is what it is. Word. So, um, Yeah. Welcome. Welcome, people. <laughs> this is this season is three, episode, episode seven, seven of the All Love No Fear podcast with me, your co-host, KB, and my wonderful, handsome, amazing, intelligent, entrepreneur, all that jazz, co-host. Mr. Mark Metapoetic Bennett. You're an entrepreneur too, Kristen. <laughs> yes, but like I... <laughs> You, Mark, also, why can't you just let me introduce you the way I want to introduce you and then come in with the energy? Like, what's the problem? You know, I'm done. I'm not introducing you no more. <laughs> I'm done. Because every time I try to give you, like, a jazzy introduction, you just fumble. Every time. I'm done. What do you, what You're going to have to introduce you, yourself going forward. What do, you, what do you want me to do? You heard it here first, people. I'm not introducing you no more. I'm going to say, what next you, podcast, I'm going to come on here and say, thank you for coming to episode eight. This is your co-host, KB, and then I'm going to leave it quiet. And then you go have to figure you, out what you're going to do. What do you want me to do? Be less blah. Like, I don't know. Match the energy I'm trying to give. <laughs> you could have you could have jumped right in and said, Mark, Mets, Poe, and we in here. And you know you're an entrepreneur too, Chris. But no, you just did the moment just evaporated. I didn't evaporate. I'm through. I've been trying to introduce you nice <laughs> since we started the season. And every time you just, this is what you do. I appreciate, so I'm done. I appreciate you your introduction. No, I'm done. I nope. appreciate them. Nope. It's over. It's canceled. Thank, thank you so much. Nope. It's canceled. I'm done. Let's not fight. Let's not fight. It's not right. So let's not fight. We're not fighting. I just told you I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not going to do it anymore. Like I'm. She's done. She's she's finished. She's through. Okay. Kristen. Mark. Come on. No. Let's let's be friends. We are friends. I'm not introducing you anymore, though. Both those things can happen at the same time. Introduce me. Nope. 
Good. All right. What's next on this thing? What else are we doing? Because I'm not. Love I'm it or lose it. Hey. Love it. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. That's it. not what's next. We, we're going to get this together today. Welcome to all of our listeners from Apple Music, from Spotify, from uh, Himalayas, from Podbean, from iHeartRadio, from Google Podcasts. Wherever you listen, we thank you so much for joining us today. Whatever it is you're doing, whether you're at work, either in the office, virtually, you're commuting, whatever it is you're doing that you're doing while you're listening to us, we thank you for including us in your day because you don't have to, but you did. Didn't have to do it, but you did. Sorry. When I said that, it reminded me of a song. And so I I had to sing it. So, yeah. Appreciate y'all. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're right here with me. Yeah. 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 That's correct. That's correct. So, yeah. um, As you were, sir. Love it or lose it. (laughs) Love it or lose it. it. Hey, hey, hey. Love Love it or or lose lose it. it. Love it. Or lose it. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Shoot up. All right. Um, Shoot up. That's where I thought you were going. I was not. Shoot do. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. So, well, that was really loud, like tongue pop. I'm sorry, guys. Um, so, this week's Love It or Lose It. So, what is Love It or Lose It? Love It or Lose It is a little segment of the show where we just present hypothetical scenarios of, you know, things that we're interested in or know about or whatever. And we make choices about what we would lose, throw away, never have again. It's over. It's canceled. It's done. Like R. Kelly. Or we choose to love it. Um, We hold on to it forever. We hold it dear. It's, you know, the best thing since sliced bread like Gladys and Patty are to us. So this week's Love It or Lose It is the Love It or Lose It sandwich edition. So um, another uh, uh, disclaimer about Love It or Lose It. Um, One person on the pod usually knows what the Love It or Lose It is. The other person doesn't, just to keep an error of uh, mystery, surprise, intrigue. So um, this week's uh, sandwich edition for Love It or Lose It. Sandwiches. Sandwiches. Sandwiches, because some people say sandwiches, which is, you know, that's not how the word is spelled at all, but go forth. Um, yeah, so sandwiches, sandwiches. I'm, I'm still not over what you told me before about your, your sandwich ministry, but we'll talk about that. What sandwich ministry? That you don't have one. I don't. <laughs> Listen, I can do all things through Christ except make a good sandwich. I so I just don't understand. It's just not what I'm good at. I can do a lot of things, but I'm just not really. Just don't understand. Okay. Like, <laughs> shouts out to the good sis Elena. <laughs> she can make a sandwich. Me, can't do it. Um, it's it's just, just not going to hit the same. Oh, okay. I don't. I just. It's just. I'm just being honest. I'm not. I'm never proud of my sandwich work. <laughs> like it's like I could make a sandwich that's edible, but like I feel like there's like a presentation aspect of it that I'm just not. I'm not there. Okay. It's going to be a little sloppy. It's going to be like, but will it be tasty? Yes. But is it going to be like looking nice and like well like I'm just not good. I just I just I just never heard the term I can't make good sandwiches. It's just it's just weird. It's I feel just, like I've seen people make sandwiches and I'm like, "Oh, I don't know how one does that." So, it's just not for me. Listen, I could do a lot of things. I can cook, I can bake, I can I can do a lot of things. I can't I can't do that. And it's fine. Got it. I'm not going to allow it to define me. It just is what it is. You Got know? it. I'm on it. Don't judge me. I feel judged. <laughs> I feel judged. I'm, I'm, like I'm, I'm just confused. But I just, we can talk about it a little more. Okay. okay. We'll so talk, we'll talk later. the sandwich options are 
peanut butter and jelly. And you can insert your choice of jelly. I'm personally like a raspberry preserves kind of girl, but you can do whatever you want. Peanut butter and jelly, grilled cheese, BLT, sloppy joe. Those are our four sandwich options. Which one would you love? Which one would you lose? And go, Mark. We're waiting on Mark, the sandwich connoisseur, to tell us which one he'll choose to lose. All right. You said peanut butter joe, <laughs> sloppy joe, grilled, grilled cheese, and BLT. 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 It's because you was made part, part part Muslim. That's why you act like that. Because <laughs> I'm part Muslim. <laughs> what is so, that? So, uh, <laughs> quick family history disclosure. So, Mark, his grandfather, is Muslim. And while nobody else in the family really is, they are kind of like Muslim light. Uh, so nobody really eats pork, and you know, it's it's a serious thing here. So, um, yeah, that's why Mark is Muslim light. And he has an Arabic middle name um, based on the fact that, you know, his grandfather's Muslim and people have Arabic names in the family. So, yeah, Mark does not appreciate the wonder that is bacon, That's which right. is why he's making this decision. But it's not his fault. It's because he's Muslim light. So call me Muslim light. But it is true. It's true. You I'm, are Muslim I'm a human, light. I'm a human being. Who's Muslim light? Like, you can be both. That's fine. You can love the Lord and still be Muslim like and not want like bacon. Which, you know, it's really sad, but, you know, because bacon's great. But go on. Go on. All right. Um, anyway, I anytime I've seen a BLT, I've, it looks, a BLT always looks like it's, to me, it's always missing the actual food. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, the bacon be, is the food. The bacon is not a prime food. Yes, it is. No, that's only what, what y'all Americans be doing. <laughs> Y'all American, <laughs> sir, you were born in this country. What do you, sir? You're more American than me. What do you mean? Y'all Americans just mean? think that we're gonna this bacon that's it's supposed to be a condiment. We're on top of things. No, we're just gonna make the prime thing bacon because it's delicious. <laughs> it's it is trash. It is, <gasps> it, bacon goes on top of things, not the main ingredient. So what you're saying is bacon is a side piece. It's not an entree. That's Correct. what you're saying. Yes. Okay. I am saying these things. Okay. All right. Y'all be trying to make it a, make it an entree, and it's trash. I feel very personally attacked. I feel this podcast is going to be <laughs> it's going to lead to the demise of our relationship because I just, I just feel I, like we keep discovering things about each other that are alarming. But you know this about me. But come on, Mark, you what? would eat a you would eat a sloppy Joe over a BLT. Of course. Oh my god! Just when you think you know someone, <laughs> of course I will. Plot twist. <laughs> like you don't love you. Ba- bacon is a side dish. You do not just have bacon and then lettuce. That looks, looks crazy. Bacon is the star of the show, honey. And it there's is, tomato. It so it's like balance. It's like you got the crunch with the lettuce. You got some crunch with the bacon too, but the bacon's kind of savory. Then the tomato kind of comes in. It's kind of like a mild, slightly sweet fa- uh, flavor to kind of cut into the saltiness of the bacon. You throw a little mayo on there. Fam. 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 What it looks like Fam. is you just try to make the bacon look... Like it's healthy with the lettuce and tomato. That's what it looks like. I don't know. I feel like when I say bacon, lettuce, and tomato, I'm like, bacon, lettuce, tomato on what? Bread, sir. With what? What? What is? What is the main ingredient here? 
the bacon, that which is, is why it starts with BLT bacon, <laughs> lettuce, tomato. It is can, giving can, you the story from the name. We can get a cheeseburger BLT. We can have a chicken BLT. But we can have all of the things. This BLT by itself is trash. This is just very un-American of you to say. Okay. Well, that's right. If, if bacon is my, is my prime prime thing. It's a prime, it's <laughs> prime, a prime requirement. Then that's fine. That's fine. Uh, my I remember when we went to um, Cherry Valley and ooh, the Marcus. Oh, I love Cherry Valley. Marcus hmm. got like mad bacon. Well, no, it was Jeff. It was Jeff. Got Jeff. mad bacon. This is mad bacon. <laughs> I'm like, this is mad bacon with a sandwich? What, what, where is, what is happening? Bacon's lit. It's mad bacon on a sandwich. Let let man's be great. That's what he wanted. Why you got to judge him? I will judge him. Yes, it's Cherry Valley's fault for putting that much bacon on that piece oh, of bread. It's, it's Cherry Valley's. Not, not. Yeah, I not, mean, like when you, you order, you don't think you're gonna get that much bacon. Yes, they gave half a pig just on a piece of bread. I'm bacon, sure it was delightful. Bacon, lettuce, and tomato as a hero is is insane to me. I'm I, like, it's already <laughs> insane on like two pieces of bread. On a hero is insane. <laughs> I'm not seeing what the problem is. I'm, I'm just, really, just, I'm not, I'm not seeing what the problem is. It's just insane. I'm not seeing what the issue is. I'm, Anytime I see a BOT, I'm like, it's missing something. <laughs> it's like, all right, all right. Where's the meat? Where's yeah, like, the right. meat? So what do you mean you're going to put the, is meat coming? Or? Like, is there a piece of chicken you're going to put in? Like, is that where you're going when you ever, whenever you see a BOT? I think, because I, I know that um, when I first, I, I remember even when I was like a child, when I first heard BOT, I'm like, oh, what's that? Bacon, lettuce, tomato. Uh, in my mind, I'm like, and what? <laughs> and, and what else? <laughs> so so that, that's all you have? That's it? Because in my recollection, in my, in my small years of life, that bacon was on top of things, <laughs> not just the bacon. So maybe would you eat ba- a... Bake, maybe the bacon, lettuce, and tomato on something, not just the bacon, lettuce, and tomato. What, something's missing, I think. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Would you eat a TBLT? A turkey, bacon, lettuce, and tomato? Yes. Yes. What? That doesn't make any sense. What? Turkey's a thing. No, I'm talking about turkey, bacon. Turkey, bacon, no. Okay, because that's getting ready I do, to say I do mean like turkey and bacon. No, no. I meant turkey, bacon, because no. you know y'all Muslim. So turkey, bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Would you eat that is what I was asking. No. Okay. Turkey and bacon and lettuce and tomato. Okay. All right. That sounds gross, but sure. Why, why is that gross? Well, I don't particularly enjoy turkey. So. Well, that, that's, that, that's you. Turkey is delicious. You think so. I like turkey on sandwiches. You do. You do like turkey on sandwiches. I don't think it's that great, but, you know, it's what you're into. So who are me to judge? Who yeah. are me? I, but you also like dry turkey, so that's probably why, too. Dry turkey on sandwiches is not good to me. Oh. Well, I like dry, dry meat. Dry meat, yes. You do. Yes. So I don't like dry turkey on sandwiches. Oh. Oh, well. So that's, learn. so that's probably why you say that. That's fine. So your lose it is the BLT. Yes, get that out of here. Mark doesn't love himself. Um, I, I do. I want to live. That's why I want not BLT. Out of those. You don't love yourself. Um, the BLT is the least healthy thing on the option. I'm, I'm waiting for you to arrive at a point, honey. <laughs> waiting patiently. Because nothing you're going to do is, is going to convince me. I, I just I don't assume, see it. I assume you lose it, Sloppy Joe's. Yeah, better you better believe it. Because you decided to enter into this conversation. <laughs> yeah, Sloppy Joe's I was are, like, where did Sloppy Joe's come from? <laughs> like, I've tried <laughs> Sloppy Joe's before with cheese, without cheese. It's just a big no. It's it's messy. I don't think... Sloppy. Yes, Mark. 
I'm aware. The name implies messy. <laughs> I'm just trying to explain to you what my personal reasons for how this have you How have you had the sloppy joe? Let's ask that question first. On bread. On regular bread? Not on like, you know, Wonder Bread, but like, like, uh, like hamburger bun type bread. And it was, was the bread soggy? A bit. That's probably why. Okay, go ahead. Um, I also do not enjoy wet sandwiches. I don't, like, if that makes any sense, I don't like sandwiches where the filling or whatever it is is overly soggy. It doesn't have to be. I just don't like it. No, what I say is the sloppy joe it doesn't have to be. Okay. Well, the times I have tried it, it has been. So I felt like I just had this like soggy bread, wet, wet sandwich kind of situation in my mouth and I didn't enjoy it very much. Like the flavor of the filling itself was not bad. It was just the construction of the sandwich and how I had to eat it and how like there was no like clear distinction between like the texture of the bread and the texture of the of the meat. I was like, oh no, Macambada. Because you, you know what I think of like a sloppy it. joe, which is like a, a New York way of saying it, is kind of like a, a d- different play on uh, chopped cheese. Chopped cheese is still smoother to me though, because chopped cheese, chopped cheese, the bread is is maybe they toast the bread for a, to- a chopped cheese. You can do that with a sloppy joe. Well, I didn't have it like that. They didn't toast the bread. They just put the sloppy joe on the bread and that's what I had. If it had been toasted, perhaps I would have a different um, experience or recollection. But that's not how it went. Okay. So... So you, you probably just had bad ones, which is fine. And I mean, truth be told, they don't look that appealing to me. So... Um, well, that's why, that's why I said how'd you have it? Because, like, people make it in all, all kinds of ways. Yeah, the, I, I, yeah... Just the look of it, it doesn't. It like, doesn't. It doesn't look appealing to me. But I've tried them because people have said they're good, and so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna give it a try. But it basically to me looks like meat sauce for pasta on a piece of bread, and it's like it can stay on the pasta. To be honest with you, it doesn't need to be. <laughs> it doesn't need to be with the bread. I don't need it. It's perfectly fine. So yeah, um, I don't know how one eat. And I'm I'm the type of person who like if I'm not careful. Whatever I'm eating will end up on me somehow, no matter how careful I try to be. Oh, so Sloppy Joe's not. I always end up with some type of food on me, and I'm just like, I don't have time for this. So, yeah. Like I said, the the actual meat or whatever wasn't bad. It tasted good. I just would rather not have had it in a sandwich. The, I would rather have had it. The messiness of it. The, the, t- messiness the taste of is not it. bad, it's just messiness Yeah, of the it. messiness of it is just unappealing to me. And, like, maybe I, I would not, like it better if it was, like, on a different type of bread or You can put something. lettuce and tomato on it. You can do things. You can do, I just, mm, I'm like, all right. I feel like I'm just, I'm just, I need <laughs> pasta for this meat. Because I need, I need, I need something a little more firm and hearty to kind of pull this together. Because as a sandwich, it's just, no. I don't enjoy it. I'm sorry. I got it. I've, I've done, I did the best I could. Truly, honestly. But I could not. So, yes. Sloppy Joe is my lose it. Word. What is your love it, sir? The options are Sloppy Joe, PB&J, grilled cheese. And you can, you can add accoutrement to your grilled cheese if you want. Grilled cheese with American cheese is, you know, not for me. But people are into it. And you can put, you know, you could put the bacon or the turkey bacon um, for you, sir. Um, you can do lettuce. You can do, you can do. I mean, not lettuce, a tomato. You can do a few things with real cheese. What, what I'll do is I'll, I'll just do the, um, 
peanut butter and jelly. Okay. The old, the old classic. <laughs> um, it stays true. It's always, it's always available. <laughs> Word. It's quick. Um, I, I, I've, I've, and also I've, I've never really had many bad peanut butter and jellies. Yeah, like I feel like it's really I, I, hard to mess I, that I, up. I, I may have had like one or two, but. Like I've seen people make it with orange marmalade, and I'm like, all right, you don't love yourself. Yeah, like, Jesus I, didn't die I, for had, you to put orange marmalade and peanut butter together. I've had like one or two, but most of my peanut butter and jelly experiences have been positive. Even if it's like, even if the proportions aren't right, it's still not terrible. I know for you it's different, but yeah, Mark and I make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches different. I like more peanut butter than jelly. He, he likes, likes more peanut jelly butter. Than... Jelly. <laughs> Meanwhile, he likes jelly. Peanut butter. That's not true. I like peanut butter and jelly even. You put too much jelly on the thing, in my opinion. Yes, the same amount as peanut butter. <laughs> you just you just like more peanut butter in your jelly. Okay. <laughs> I just I just when when you make a peanut butter and jelly, I'm like it's entirely too much jelly on yes, the sandwich because you don't want it even. You want more peanut butter than jelly. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. My, my peanut butter and jelly is even. I like mine to even. Even Steven. Nah. That's, that's you want peanut butter and jelly. That's fine. Either way, it's delicious. Okay. Yeah. What about you? So, having a bit of a struggle here. Because Between grilled cheese and peanut butter and jelly? Or yeah. your terrible BLT? Okay. So, I enjoy a BLT. I do. But I don't always want bacon. Like, I have. Is it because I, there's no protein in there? There is protein in there. Um, because you're still looking for the chicken or the hamburger. No mark. No mark. Sometimes I just don't <laughs> want bacon. Like some. Sometimes I like bacon is one of those things that I enjoy, but I'm also like I have to want it. Like I'm not just going to eat it because it's there. Yeah, because it's a condiment. That's why. It's not a condiment. It's just sometimes I'm just not, I don't have a taste for it. I don't want to eat, I don't want to have that particular taste. But I do love BLTs. You know how I know? When you go to Subway, it's in the same section with the lettuce and tomato. It's not. It's with the meat. No, it's not. It's, no, it's with the meat. It's with the meat and the cheese. I might made that up. You're right. I'm thinking about it now. You're right. Because I was just in Subway not too long ago, so I know what they got in there. You're right. I made it up. Mm -hmm. Shady and wrong. Look at you. But but other places it is. I, I use the wrong I use the wrong example. But oh, okay. other places but other places it is. Okay. So yeah, I don't always want bacon. So while I do think a BLT is like delicious, it's not my go to necessarily. I think my love it is probably a grilled cheese. Cause I love cheese. I'll eat cheese all the time. And if the bread is toasted right and the cheese is melted white, right? Bellissima. Um, not American cheese, though. I don't enjoy the taste of American cheese in general. But if it's like a provolone, a cheddar, a Colby Jack, a Swiss, sign me up. I love it. I'll, I'll, I'll bust down a, a grilled cheese. No problem. I love it. It's delicious. It's really just... When you get like the bread crisp, uh, toasted and crispy just right, and the cheese melted just right, it's really just perfection, texture-wise. I like I like a grilled cheese with a tomato. I do. Yeah, and I, yeah, I'll throw a tomato on there. If I'm feeling fancy, I might even throw a bacon on there. Like it's okay. lit. Now you just change your whole sandwich. No, <laughs> it's not grilled cheese anymore. You put bacon on there. 
You can. You can ask for it. Like when you no, go to I'm, the diner and stuff, you can it. put bacon on it. It's not grilled cheese anymore. It's a grilled cheese with bacon. That's what it says on the diner menu. Grilled cheese with bacon. That's what it says. Hater. It's a, it's a, B, it's a BCT. <sighs> You're annoying. BCT is not a thing. <laughs> but that's it's not. A, it's okay? a bacon cheese and tomato. Stop it. <laughs> bacon You're cheese annoying. and tomato. But yes, you can put a tomato or bacon or whatever the, the the diner or wherever you're getting the grilled cheese will will let you put on there. But it's just it's just delightful because it's like a it's a nice filling sandwich without being too much. Because the cheese kind of gives you everything you need in terms of like protein, calcium. It gives you a whole bunch of stuff. You got the crunch and the starch from the bread. It's really it's really just very very it's a very complete meal uh, to me a grilled cheese. You throw a little tomato on it. You got a little fruit in there. It's lit. Eat your grilled cheese. It's awesome. And I like to mix cheeses with a grilled cheese. Yes. Um, that is good to do. Yeah. I'm like, I'll definitely do like a cheddar and a provolone or a cheddar and a Munster and just get my life because it's just, it's delicious. My favorite um, cheese to do a grilled cheese with is anchor cheese. My Islanders know what anchor cheese is. It's like this white cheddar from New Zealand. Oh my God. Best cheese on planet earth. Hands down, no discussion, no question. Um, I love to, whenever I go to um, Culpepper's in Brooklyn, that's the Barbadian um, restaurant, I always get uh, cheese or, or or when I go to uh, the other place, what's it called? Lakai, Labai, whatever it is, where they sell like the anchor cheese and stuff like that. I always buy some and I come home and I make a bunch of grilled cheese sandwiches with the cheese because it's so good. So yeah, grilled cheese is my love it. I love it. I was ter- I was considering PB&J for a second, but I'm like, PB&J is also something I have to want. Like, I have to be in the mood for a peanut butter and jelly. I always want cheese. I'm always like, oh, cheese. Sure. Sure, I'll have that. That's fine. Every time. I mean, it's horrible. Ooh, oh, what was that? That might have been you, bro. Um, that might have been me. I was like, that was a very loud ding. But yeah, like, I, I always love cheese, even though it's, like, really bad for, like, singing and vocal cords um because it helps produce helps to produce phlegm which right. is very unproductive um mm-hmm. i do enjoy a cheese i really do so yeah grilled cheese is my love it word 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 word, word. so thank you so much for participating with us in love it or lose it we are all we would love to hear your commentary about this so you know find us on the socials, all love, no fear, PCAST um, on Instagram, all love, no fear, P1 on Twitter, um, all love, no fear uh, podcast Facebook page, I believe. Um, and then our email, all love, no fear, we do PCAST have at Gmail. Technically, com. Facebook pages until we figure out how to come. I'm still yeah, trying to figure out how to Facebook will not let me delete the other one. It's I've all tried love, to delete it several times. So it's either all love, no fear or all love, no fear podcast. Both of those are ours. Yes. So, yes. We'll Fi- figure it out. Yeah. Facebook is like not trying to let us delete the other page. <laughs> I don't like they just won't. And I'm like, <laughs> I've been trying to do it for months. We're trying to, I, I, I'm trying to combine them. This, they won't, they're like, no, it's not the same. I'm like, it is the same thing. Like, how are you going to tell me how my <laughs> stuff ain't the same? Like, how <laughs> would you know? Just combine them, please. Hey, Dios mio. Come on, Mark Zuckerberg. Do better. But he right. won't. Because he's, he's Mark Zuckerberg. So, uh, yeah. If you have any questions, please email us at all of no fear podcast at gmail also we have another email for the podcast i kind of tied it into our business okay um it's contact at all of no fear 
PCAST.com. Okay. Cool story. Yes. So we can start using that also. Okay. Cool. It goes to our um, business email. Okay. Good. Cool story, bro. Cool Word. story. Um, once again, it's contact at all of no fear PCAST.com. We would love to hear your feedback and whatnot. Word, word, word. All right. Let us now move on to our topic of discussion for today. Lead us in, Mark. Topic. So, our topic, (laughs) (laughs) uh, as we are on our um, entrepreneurship journey, um, I just want to, I I know I I always um, try to talk about how both... um, Parts are good. Nine to five is good. Entrepreneurship good. I don't know if one is better than the other. I think it's based off preference and everything from there. But as an entrepreneur and in terms of ownership, I do want to explain the benefits of ownership um, in terms of a lot of things. So uh, this conversation comes from a few things. Number one, it comes from um, outside of the other stuff going on the conversation with joe budding with the spotify deal because the ownership um the conversation we've had previously and reference to um i guess people the women who were trying to start shows yes uh nini and mariah yes. correct reference to that um in reference to music owning masters owning owning publishing it's just a lot of things come with ownership and a lot of times when you think of ownership ownership the people why why people are always talking about ownership and people always want to like what what is the big deal why is ownership important ownership becomes important always in the long run ownership is never a i need money immediately a lot i need a lot of money immediately kind of thing it's always um a vision for the long run. Okay. That's always what um, ownership is about. So I think that is um, kind of what the disparity, because people think it's like, it's, it's, it's basically a lot of money now versus a lot of money later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And usually, and people don't have control of, over if you get that money or not. Right. Right. So... Let's go, go over only for instance, owning your own business versus working for somebody, mm-hmm. right? The concern with with always with working for somebody is that you can get fired. Yes, they're in control of how much money you make, what you get in terms of raises, bonuses, correct? Everything. Somebody else is kind of completely in control of that. There's not a lot that you can do as the quote unquote employee. Correct. To alter that within that that structure. Correct. If that business closes down, you no longer have a job. Yes. Of course, there's benefits. You have a pension and everything from there. Yes. But if you have you healthcare, not, all that jazz. Yes. But if you do not work, that pension does not go. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's, it, there's factors behind it. Mm-hmm. You you're you don't own how things go go through. Yes. When you own it, of course, you um. You own all the money. Everything is, you're in control of what you want to do with it. It just takes longer to get there because you're, you're doing everything. Right. Like you're, you're doing everything from the planning, how, the, how it plays out. You, create, you go to get your own um, 
retirement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do your, your own, own health insurance. Yeah, you do your own. If annuity. you have employees, you're you're getting stuff to cover them. You're you're, you're in control of what's going on. Right. And, 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 and before we go any further, let's just be clear. We're not saying that one is better than the other. Correct. Nobody's correct. saying that. That, that is, I, I, I want to make that clear. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it becomes a difference in terms of one or the other. And um, the reason why um, this is talking about ownership, because a lot of times it, when people talk about um, what legacy is and how that plays out, because if I own something, I can pass, I can always pass it down. Indeed. So if I own my business and if my um, my child wants to work there, they can just work there. Mm-hmm. If they want to, if they, if I want to like, like, all right, I'm done with this business, I can pass it down to my child and they can use the business. Right. Same thing with um, home ownership. Um, I don't think that home ownership, everybody should just do that immediately. And if, I think there's always a process. But I do also understand, I, I think... If you don't have the money for it, it's okay to just rent. <laughs> it's, right. it's probably fine. Rent and what you and guys... people shouldn't make you feel like you're wasting money or yeah, just for or renting. you're just not responsible because you're choosing to rent. I mean, for in a, in a lot of places, especially like New York where we live, purchasing a home is not an easy thing to do. Correct. Because, you know, the market is such that homes are expensive. It, this is not, you know, no shade to Texas or Georgia or any of those places, but this is not a place where, you know, you can, you know, buy a house for $200,000. Like $200,000 $200, barely gets you like a one bedroom co-op where we live. Correct. But barely. So it's like, and that, you know, and, if you're looking and, and like, to buy I, I a house. That's impossible. Honestly. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's a stretch. Yeah. Because um, you still have to have like anywhere from 20 to 50% down payment for that $200,000 co-op, Correct. depending on the building. So it's just like. You know, and I see a lot of stuff on the internet where people are like, black people need to get into home ownership. They need to stop wasting their money renting. And it's like, maybe like, you live in Mississippi or Alabama or somewhere where you can buy a house for $10. But people that live in places like New York, New Jersey, um, California, like places where stuff is just more expensive, it's just not a plausible reality for a lot of people financially. Because if, if a house... On Long Island, where we are, the average house is what? 500000 Correct. So if you're telling me I need to have at minimum 20% down on this house, what's that? Like $100,000 mm-hmm. as a down payment? That's what you're telling me? Yeah. and, and what, what what young people, what people our age have that kind of money <laughs> to yeah. down pay on? Like, who has that? Correct. and, and It's just I, not realistic. And like, and it's not even just that. It's just the expenses after. Yeah. Like houses, things happen with houses. Like this is just the down payment. I haven't paid a closing cost. I haven't paid an appraiser. I haven't. Pay for utilities. Nothing. Not a renovation. Nothing. Because 500000 is not getting you a brand new house out here. Yeah. You're going to have to do something. It might be livable. Yes. But you're going to have to upgrade so something. There's some work going on. There's some type of work you have to do. Yeah. So, so like, it's, it's, um. And like, so people like, even like people are like, oh, but how much mortgage is this much? And then rent is this much. I'm like, yes. But rent, sometimes they will include um, electric. Yes. <laughs> sometimes you include gas. And rent comes with the super. Correct. And okay. so if something broken, you're like, hey, super, fix that. Because I gave you some money and that's Correct. our contractual agreement. I pay you, you fix things over here. Correct. So it's, it's, not, it's not the same. It's not one and the same. Not at all. But on the other side, I understand why ownership is important. Yes. Because... It builds After, wealth. I, it builds wealth, and if um, I later on, if my 
daughter says, hey, I want to find somewhere to live now. If I want to find another place, I can be like, hey, you can have this house. Yes, I want to move, move to on. Florida. Yeah. I won't because Florida's garbage. No, I'm not going for but, you know, but, just saying but, uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> but I can move somewhere else and you can have this house. I right. can pass down my house because now I own it. Yeah, or I can b- build enough equity in this house that I own to send Seller. you to college yeah. without having to take out student loans, which leads you to start off a life without debt, which is super Correct. huge. Yes. Super huge. But again, that's not that's not everybody's portion in life. Correct. It's just not. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just is what it is. Yep. And I, th- I think that we have to, like, recognize that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and um, so... Uh, the, the, just like I said, this is a lot of times the re- reason why ownership. So that's usually what wealth comes from. So even people who have the nine to five job, that's why sometimes they will still have a side thing where they own something. Um, even if they have the nine to five job, so they'll have a nine to five job, but then they'll go into real estate and own some properties mm-hmm. and rent them out, yep. and like they have wealth coming in that way. Yeah. Right. Or they have a nine to five and then they um own business b- buildings and rent out office space mm-hmm. and everything or they um a big thing is people owning paintings and selling those or owning other um high value things and having that so that if a if your child wants to get money they can just sell that and get money mm-hmm. like it's just it's just a lot of things that um where ownership li- li- plays into it agreed agreed um, and I, I, I think that, 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 like I said, this, this is kind of a conversation about that. So when we talk about ownership in terms of media, it becomes a different conversation because like everybody is not really fighting the same fight. Mm. Um, and it's not shade to anybody not fighting the same fight. It's just some fights are different than others. So um, let's say you make music. You have, um, if you, you have one person who gets signed to a major record label. Okay. Let's say Atlantic. <laughs> okay, you guys stop listening to the podcast. Not um, let, let's, let, let's say Def Jam. Let's say Def Jam. Let's say Def, Def Jam. Because <laughs> oh, I ain't going to sound like you work for Atlantic and somebody's paying you to bring the people up all the time. None of that's um, happening here. Yeah, so we, um, you, have, you, sign, you sign to a record label. How many records you sell matters mm-hmm. a lot more to you. Yes. Meaning um, they usually contribute money to you before for promotion and they're expecting a certain return on what the record sales. So when you go into 50,000 record sales, 100,000 record sales, 150,000 record sales, like those high numbers mean something a lot different when you are signed to a record label. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're if they're contributing all this money to you, they're sometimes expecting a high return. Yes. Like they're like, oh, over a hundred is what we're looking for. Over a yeah. hundred thousand we're looking for because we're because they're not we're not just paying you, we're paying everybody else in this building. We're we're eating off of you. Right. <laughs> so we're contributing this so that we get money we get our return back on you. If you need an example of this, go watch the Tony Braxton movie. That'll Correct. that'll that'll help you understand, you know, kind or, of how or how the, the deals work for all the movies. Or, yeah, basically, or, I, the or, first one that popped into my mind was the Tony Braxton or, one. Or all the black music movies. Yes, all the black music movies. <laughs> but like the Tony Braxton one is the one that popped into my mind first because like they did a very clear explanation of like when she finally got paid 
where all her money went and how many people ate off of the records that she had sold and the tour she had done. Correct. And why she only ended up with like $1,000 or something when it was all said and done. Yeah. So, yeah. TLC was homeless. Yeah. They had cars, but they was homeless. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, that. that is... What happens with record labels, um, and when you sign it, because you you don't they they you don't own the music. On the flip side, if you own everything, you've done everything, you're paying everything yourself. You got to pay the maybe the um, people to yourself to distribute. You're paying maybe for your website, you're paying for promotion, and everything. But all that money that comes in for record sales is yours. Mm-hmm. Before you pay it out, yeah. So, fifty thousand records is not a lot. People a lot of times will think that is a flop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> if you're record because you're like, oh, you only sold fifty thousand. You are not a big deal. You are a flop. You did not sell that many at all. Yeah, you didn't go gold. You didn't go. You didn't go. You nothing. didn't do anything. You did, you didn't sell anything. It's basically like you sold nothing. Yes, but fifty thousand of my records that I'm selling off my website at ten dollars a pop. Is a good amount of money. Yes, yes. All <laughs> that is five hundred thousand dollars. Yes, that I have now. Yes, that I can distribute out. Yes, yes. So that 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 is a different that is a different conversation. Yes, yes. Um, when you own something, that low numbers don't matter as yeah. much. Um, because once because the money actually touches your hand first. It doesn't go through anybody else. It's five hundred thousand dollars in your hand, and then that you, you determine. How it how it's distributed? Yeah, correct. Um, Look, with a record two, label, that person never sees that five hundred thousand. No. Yeah. Two good examples of that was is Joe Budden mm-hmm. and Vince Staples. Mm-hmm. So I do enjoy Vince Staples. He yeah. should really like be a career a comedian. Yeah. So Joe <laughs> Budden, a lot of people talk about he's a flop. He didn't sell that many records and everything from there, but he owned everything. So he just did concerts and everything. He or was figured able to, out how to own it. Yeah, he figured out how to own it. So he he basically all the concerts he did and I, like he did concerts. He sold like he was told enough to maintain his big house, <laughs> to mm-hmm. maintain everything, and he was he was fine. He was cool. People always act like he's whack, but he's making a lot more than you. <laughs> big facts. A lot more than you are. Um, he still gets paid. I think fifteen thousand a month off of Pump It Up. As he should, because they play that song at every NBA game. <laughs> like, run that man it. his money. They play Pump It Up for everything. Yeah. Every time I've ever been to an NBA or even WNBA game, Pump It Up is playing. Yeah. So 15000 so a month. run him just, his money. Just off of that one record. Yeah. And he, People and he, call and him and a one-hit wonder, but he's making money off that one hit. Still. To this day. Yes. Because he, he owns the publishing. Correct. Yes. So it's, it's like, it's certain things where, like, um... Where ownership gets you. Ownership gets you a little play. Vince Staples. Vince Staples makes a good amount of money. Because <laughs> he just does concerts. And like, and like, if you're out in the East Coast in New York, you might not know Vince Staples like that. You won't, yeah. But he's a big thing because he just performs where he needs to, sells his records independently, and just makes all the money he needs. He makes a lot of money. <laughs> That's it. And, and like, that is a thing that you can do now independently. Yes. If you're not on a major label, it's just you can make a lot of money and people still not know who you are. That part, that part. Yeah. <laughs> like people, like, and you're like, all right, but I'm, I'm, com- I'm comfortable. I'm making music, so you, you don't have to be like a worldwide success. You don't have to be a Beyonce. You don't have to be a J Cole. You don't have to be. Um, everybody knows who you are to make enough money to provide for your family. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that that but that that comes with ownership. That doesn't come with it's it's a little different from ownership and from like I said, a record label owning what you have. Right. Anything anything to talk about on this? Um I think, you know, I think the thing that people have to recognize is that ownership is scary because it's it's supposed to be, because there's a level of responsibility that you're taking on and a level of responsibility that you are are embarking upon that um is usually reserved for like record labels and other types of larger agencies like that. Um, and I think that while there is still a purpose and a reason for those things to exist, it doesn't mean that it's the end all and be all and that you can't take some tools that you know that that particular agency or agencies are using to apply them to what it is that you want to do. They're not the devil necessarily. So I don't want it to look like we're saying it's either ownership or, you know, you go like a record label route and that's the only, and they're like diametrically opposed or something like that. Like we're not saying that. Correct. I think it's just, you know, you have to decide what, what makes sense for you. And just because you're locked into one at one point doesn't mean that you're locked in there forever. Like you can go the record label route. Like if you're an uh, artist, for example, you can go the traditional record label route, give them whatever you got to give them and then bounce and do your own thing. Cause now you've been part of uh, a record label. You kind of understand how the music industry works or whatever industry it is you're a part of. You, you kind of understand how that works. And now you can take what you know and become an owner yourself. It doesn't mean, you know, that you have the same resources or whatever the case may be as a much larger entity. But ownership is not as out of your grasp or impossible to do as it might seem. You just have to kind of rescale it to your capabilities, your resources, your whatever the case is. But it's not like this thing where it's like either I'm an owner or I'm quote unquote owned. Like it's not, it's not that it has to be that. Like I feel like there is a way to find a happy medium and do something that makes you comfortable. Because I think, you know, we see a lot of people talking about ownership, ownership, ownership. But again, it's like that everybody's not ready to do that. Correct. And everybody should not jump out the window and just go do that because like, oh, that's the wave. Like the people who like the example you gave of Joe Budden and Joe Budden is now able to be an advocate for and be uh, an example of ownership because he went through the process of being on a record label, being affiliated with people that were part of record labels. And so he, he has the understanding of the business from the inside out. So now he can take that knowledge and apply that to himself. And, you know, that is working for him, but that might not, it might not work for everybody who does not have that same like base of knowledge and understanding to just like jump out and be an owner just because, Oh, I want to be an owner. I want to be the boss, blah, 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 blah. Like, there are there are levels to this and there are certain steps you have to take and certain choices you have to make to make sure that that happens. And so I think while we're we're celebrating ownership and, and, and all that jazz, we need to also be reminding people about being adequately prepared, because what's the point of being an owner if 
your business or whatever it is crashes in five years. And it's not because of external circumstances. It's simply that you didn't do the proper research. You weren't properly prepared and you just jumped out the window on trying to be an owner and you didn't really know what you were doing. I wish I had that, um, that track from, um, Royce five nine queued up where it says, you going you everybody trying to own their masters, but now you have a hundred percent of trash. <laughs> right. Like to me it's just like people talk about owning masters. I'm like, okay, girl, but like was it was that something you felt like you should have spent money on? Like <laughs> Yeah, but like was it trash? Because now you have a hundred you have a, you own a hundred percent of something that would go nowhere. That was that was not great. Like you might as well have <laughs> let them people keep it, to be honest with you. Um so it's just like again, it's like having the knowledge to like make the decisions the right way. It's like like I like somebody like a Royce the five nine absolutely should own his masters because I think his music is great. But then like if you were to try to tell me like uh uh who can I think of? I don't know, but it's about to be some shots. Who are you gonna think of? <laughs> um I don't know, like a, like a, what's, what's that girl that made that Friday song? Like a Carly Rae Jepsen, like she owning her master's girl. Okay. Like you could have saved your money if, if you really spent money to buy that. You could have let them people keep it because you haven't put out anything that's like substantial or good enough to me to be spending millions and millions of dollars on, on that. So it, and, uh, and then also, um, some people, I understand, like, you just want to get the check. You don't want to do all the back back office things. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, because, like, I, I think DJ Envy was, like, we'll have a conversation. He was like, I got kids. I got stuff to do. He got five whole kids. So he, he's like. And a high maintenance wife. He's like, so, I'm not trying to own anything. Give me my check so I can go home. Basically, he's like, I'm, I'm not. my work. Give my check. Yes. I'm going to go home. Yes. And I'm cool. And DJ, and it's, and, you know, and this is just, and, and let's be clear. DJ Envy has several checks. Yeah, he like, does. Doing the radio, the Breakfast Club, that is probably one of his smaller checks, to yeah. be honest. Because yeah. he does real estate, he flips houses, he got a podcast with his wife, he DJs events. Like, he has several bags yeah. coming in. So he's like, I have ownership in these other things. This one, I can just do what y'all tell me, whatever the contracts say do, and just give me my money and I can go. I'll, I'll move on. I'll move on. Because I think Joe was trying to, like argue that or or basically i don't know if it was taking shots but he was kind of like yeah envy don't own nothing over there and to me i'm like envy got enough bags but he don't have to own nothing over there he's like I, I'm cool. he owns he owns several other things he has several he has his money in several other pockets he's like this is an easy check i'll just take this one and go yeah these other things i have to work at just let me get this easy check and go on about my business and, and some people will work more with the company to like accomplish their goals too which is yeah. fine too yeah like, like the company can be a resource. It doesn't have to be yeah. a slavery type of relationship. Like Correct. you can, as a person working at a company or being affiliated with a company, use that relationship to be advantageous for you. Yeah. Some like just like they're getting people, something out of you by the work that you provide, you can get something out of them as well. Yeah. Some people have a good relationship with the company to do that. Yeah. Like, like, um, I feel like Beyonce, is the Beyonce still signed to a label? Nah, I think she is. Uh, if, if, it's, if that's the case, it's recent that she. Not yeah, because she was part. She was on Columbia at one point. Yeah, but like I feel like she was on for a long time, and like after like uh, you you would think that being with Jay Z all this time that she would eventually go to Rock Nation, but Columbia was probably like we not trying to let her go. Right, she's our biggest <laughs> what artist. Money you want? Like what do you <laughs> want, Beyonce? Whatever you want, we'll give, give it to you. You want keeping these doors open? <laughs> right. Yes. So she she's on Parkwood, which is her. Um, label. Yeah, she's she's on it now, but I, and I, I think she's also still on Columbia. Correct. 
So like she's keeping those doors open. Those um doors open. Yeah, she's so, she's feeding several people over there. So like certain labels, if they know that you're a resource, they're like whatever you want. I'm not what you want. Like Drake, same thing. Even though like I've talked about criticized Drake and everything, he like they're not letting him go. No. <laughs> they're gonna do everything they in their power to make sure like what will make you comfortable. What do you need? Yes, how can what, we? What would you like? What would you like, sir? What would you like, my king? What would what, you like? Whatever you would like, I will. I will provide it. Yes, that ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. We'll... You, you, you feed us. Yeah, you provide what you want. Yes, Drake call up there and ask for anything, and they'll be like, "That's no problem, sir. We'll we'll get that right to you, Mister Rain. That's no problem. That's no problem. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. you worry." Yeah. So he's like, "I just want to make my art and do what I got to do and go home." And be that's it. Which is fine. Yes, Beyonce still on Columbia. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I just went on their website because she she does have her own label. Yes, but I do because like that's who. Oh, her I'm... and Adele are both on Columbia. Okay. Yeah. So they so. they they keep in Columbia open basically. <laughs> oh, Billy Joel and Bob Dylan are also. Oh, so yeah. it's a couple. Oh, Columbia got. Oh, Columbia's not worried about money. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. If Beyonce left, they'd still be okay. They got Celine Dion. They got like a lot of what they call cl- uh, legacy acts on there. No, no. When, I'm, when I say that, meaning like Beyonce is not out here. Uh, Stressing the label about stuff. No, if Beyonce wants to put something out, she just puts it out. Yeah, like the label's not gonna be like this. No, we gotta listen to it first. She's like, nah. He's they're like, nah. Do what you gotta do. Right. <laughs> we here. Right. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, we are here. Because Beyonce got uh, <laughs> Chloe and Hallie on there. If they yeah. give her any problems, she'll take Chloe and Hallie right with her. Yeah, because like they leaving. Bye. Yeah, because so like that that whatever she wants to do, because like you know labels, they're like, no, you can't release it yet. You gotta wait till we're ready. Yeah, and Beyonce says, I'm releasing it now. Columbia's like, I guess we're releasing now. Right, and there's a there's enough, and I'm looking at the list of people. There's enough black artists on Columbia. Solange is on Columbia too. She'll take Solange with her. Yeah. Um. So yeah, basically, Destiny's Child is on Columbia. She'll take Destiny's Child with her. So basically, Columbia is like whatever Beyonce wants. Because there's a lot of black artists on here. Tyler, the creator. Tiger. If Beyonce say F Columbia, all them leaving too. Because so they they know they just got to keep Queen B happy. They don't want no smokage. <laughs> They're like, look, you got to keep the lights on in here. Yeah. We're good. So, yeah. I'm telling you, like, if she wants to release on that day today, I guess we're releasing today. Beyonce said, we, I'm we, not going to promote no Col- more albums. You <laughs> girls just going to get me dropping a picture at midnight on Instagram. Like, oh, download. And, and Columbia's like, okay, okay. I guess that's what we're doing. Columbia's like, cool, you got it. You got it, sis. No problem. Uh, that's what we're Sorry. doing, I guess. The people who come, come to work at Columbia, like, God damn it, she dropped another. God damn it. Oh. And they're just like, well, I get, you know, all right, I guess, you know, all right. Beyonce album out now <laughs> like, that's how the people be coming to work the next day like ah, ah. Yeah. they gotta scramble when Beyonce ready mm-hmm. they're just like yeah so shit there's an album out guys you should you should download it yeah, yeah that's, that's fine yeah so like the point we're making is mm-hmm. even though she might not own everything Columbia might have a portion of it. I'm not even sure what yeah. her contract is what like the, it, yeah. it, might, it, might, it might just be a production a distribution deal distribution or whatever distribution yeah. Yeah. It, it might be whatever it is but um, whatever it is um, like but they she has the relationship with them that it works it's a mutually beneficial relationship mm-hmm. yes <laughs> so absolutely works. absolutely Beyonce so. probably like I got too much time to worry about this music, this dancing, and everything's concerts. I can't worry about everything. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and that's that's the part. Like you said at the beginning, ownership means you are a hundred percent responsible for everything. And while that may be positive and productive for some people, for others, it's like I can't do everything. There are mechanisms that exist to assist me with doing some of the everything. I'm gonna use them. Yeah, and Period. I and I think Rock Nation is still management for her. 
Oh, they might be. I don't know. I think it's it's they're still man. They're still her management. I wouldn't do it, but you know, detangle from that husband, girl. Don't do it. Not detangle. Listen, unentangle, <laughs> detangle. Don't do it. Cause God forbid, knock on wood, just get real awkward trying to trying to break up with your husband and and your management. Yeah. Kind of weird, but you know, people do what they want. All right. Um, that, that's that's really. I think I don't think I have anything else. Do you have anything else? Nah, I don't have anything else. Word. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. So we would love to hear your feedback, your comments, your questions, your thoughts. So, you know, all love, no fear, PCAST at gmail.com. Find us on the socials, all love, no fear, PCAST, um, Twitter, uh, Instagram, you know, all that stuff. We out here in these streets. So holla at us and uh, we're going to move on to our next portion of the podcast, which is Artist Spotlight. I have got to do the opening breath better because I never, I'm never ready. Like I, I'm not really breathing as much as like my mouth is closed with the ease, so it's easy to breathe that way. My mouth is not open because I would run out of breath before you. Okay, great. Because <laughs> I was just like, oh, and the breath is gone. Yes. So yes, this week's artist spotlight, uh, Mark found, and this is his name is full name is Iniabasi Samuel Henshaw, professionally known as Sam Henshaw, is an English singer songwriter, and record producer. Henshaw has garnered mainstream radio support from BBC Radio. Um, he was handpicked by James Bay, Chance the Rapper, and Alan Stone for tour support. Okay. Um, he was born, raised by Nigerian parents in South London. I was going to say, he's some type of African yeah. talking about any Abasi. I said, yeah, okay. you, you know, you know. All I, the, said, I said, which all, African is he? All, all the black people in London are... Right, Niger- <laughs> well, a lot of them are Nigerian, honestly. I'm like, are there a lot in Ghanaian? It's yeah, all, Ghanaian, it's all he put yeah. in. Um, Henshaw grew up with music, but not in the conventional sense. Nobody in his household played an instrument, but there was always sound running through the house, which highly influenced his musical nature. Sam essentially found his love for music and learned to play instruments in his church, passed by his father, where he developed his abilities further. I feel like everybody's father be a pastor. I can. <laughs> in the music industry. <laughs> um where he developed his abilities further. Henshaw spent his secondary years at Cleve Park School, then went on to study a popular music performance degree at Southampton Solent. His first album came out in 2014, 2015, called The Sound Experiment. Yeah. Um, then he came out with The Sound Experiment 2. In 2016. <laughs> yes. Yes, and he cites um, Helen Baylor, Fred Hammond, Israel Houghton, um, and Alvin Slaughter as his like gospel influences. Um, he also cites uh, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, Usher, as well as um, D'Angelo and Lauren Hill, um, and Frank Ocean as um, as influences. So he's been on tours with um, Tori Kelly, Chance the Rapper, like Mark said. Um, so he's been out here in these streets. Yeah, I, I guess he hasn't really done his own tour yet. He's been on supporting supporting others with their tours. Oh, he's also on Columbia. Apparently, oh, okay. Or was on Columbia at some point. Sam Henshaw. Good times. Let me go back and look on the website, see if his name's still there. All right. Um, and the song we're going to play is a song called Church. It's gonna, it's featuring Earth Gang, which I think was our artist spotlight at one point. Uh, yeah, I think we did it Earth Gang, yeah. Earth Gang is part of um, Dreamville. Yeah. Um, it's a bunch of people with uh that are on J. Cole's label. When J. Cole gonna put out some music? I feel like it's been quiet. It might have been. 
Um, I feel like J. Cole does this. J. J. Cole just be like, blah, 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 and then puts out some music and leaves again. Yeah. It's a little rude, but what are you going to do? Yeah, Sam's not on Columbia anymore. I think he might have been back in when he put out those those tapes, but he's not on there anymore. Okay. But um, this song is Church by Sam Henshaw featuring Earthgang. That's fine.
that was Sam with two M's, Sam Henshaw Church. I like that song. I think that's going to be my, like, whenever church opens back up again. Um, that's going to be my get ready for church I'll, song. I'll, I was about to say, I was going to play that to wake, wake Avery up in the morning. And she's going to be like, guys. <laughs> Every morning like this. Can we sleep on this? Wake up and get, get yourself to church. Yeah. She's like, like, oh it's my Tuesday. gosh. Go to bed. <laughs> oh it's my Tuesday. Get out. <laughs> Um, yeah, so maybe not. Cause she, I want her to like the song. I don't want her to just. I don't want her to associate the song with your foolishness. Not at all. But yes, I love that song. That song is just so exciting and hype. It, it makes me it makes me very happy. So yeah, yeah. Sam Henshaw. Um, check him out. Uh, title, Spotify, whatever. Uh, uh, direct streaming service you use. Uh, DSP. Find them there. All right. So. This what was the other song? Run, huh? Oh, I'm sorry. What was the other song you played for me by him? I know. I played a bunch of them. Huh? I played a bunch. I played a bunch of them. I'm not sure. Okay. Whatever. It's fine. We'll figure it out later. But yes, we are at this week in yeah, random. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. It's a whole lot of shenanigans happening out here in the world. So uh, we're just going to get right to it. Okay, so we we touched on the name Joe Budden earlier in this pod, and we're going to come back to it again. So if you pay attention to, you know, the entertainment world, podcasting, et cetera, et cetera, you know that Joe Budden uh, has had a podcast for like the last, I don't know, six, seven years. And in the last, I believe, two or three um with growing popularity of the podcast, the podcast moved from, I guess, uh, YouTube uh, and I guess like regular streaming, whatever. No, no. It, it started off on YouTube. Yes, it started off on YouTube and it moved from YouTube about two years ago to... No, no, it's still YouTube. <laughs> no, but they they expanded from just YouTube. They, they expanded from um, SoundCloud. Yes, they expanded from SoundCloud to YouTube. Then two years ago decided to do a partnership or whatever, a deal with Spotify to um, stream the podcast there. They would still put it up on YouTube, but you got it on Spotify like faster, I guess. So um, they're coming to the end of the deal with Spotify. And in the last like three or four weeks, Joe has kind of been giving a play by play about why they're leaving Spotify. And he just kind of talked about, you know how they're, you want, you, know, talk, you want to talk about that first or you want to go right into everything else? No, I want to talk about that first because I'm trying to set the... Okay, so... So people understand. So um, so basically, how, how what happened was how it was released, Spotify approached them and they, they were trying to start off like their big podcast thing, kick off with um, like trying to get into it. They're trying to figure it out. So they started with Amy Schumer and Joe Budden. Yes. Right. That's how they started off. And like, if you, if you, um, I didn't even know Amy Schumer had a podcast. So if you remember at that time, they had like big billboards up in like Times Square with the Joe Budden podcast saying it's coming to Spotify. That was like a big thing for podcasts. That was like a big thing for that. So let's try this out. They didn't really have confidence in Joe Budden's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and like people coming over and everything. Um, they, Amy Schumer was like, Amy Schumer's not a podcaster. She I, never I had a podcast. Even, I, I didn't know she They did. just was like, we're going to use the Amy Schumer name and create a podcast mm-hmm. and do it that way. So it released in September of 2018. And um, Joe Budden Podcast came in and they it blew their numbers out the water. <laughs> 
they expected a certain amount. They got so much more. They um and I think I remember the first day, like it actually crashed Spotify. Um, it crashed Spotify. It crashed the website. Um, I remember the first day, like they like people were getting upset because it's supposed to be up there and it wasn't up there. And Joe was like, "Hey, what's going on, Spotify?" <laughs> yeah, and he, like because like Spotify didn't expect the influx that was supposed to happen. On the other side, Amy Schumer did not hit like that at all. They thought that Amy Schumer would hit, and it did not. In their mind, Amy Schumer was more popular than Joe Budden, so it should have hit different, but it did not. <laughs> People, they, they, didn't under, they didn't understand the gravity of Joe Budden's audience, right? His impact. Mm-hmm. So since he started on Spotify, he was number one podcast on Spotify, right? So people were going there. People signed up just for him and stuff like that. So throughout the process, they were excited, everything from there. Fast, that was September 2018. Summer of 2019. Um, they were like, all right, Spotify, like, these numbers are crazy. Let's try to negotiate a better deal now. Right? So what Spotify did was they came to him with a better deal, more money, but it was kind of a podcast version of a 360 deal. Right, so the what's podcast, a 360 deal? I'm gonna explain right now. 360 <laughs> deal basically means anything you do entertainment wise, we get a portion of it. So meaning, not just the things that we produce, but anything you produce yourself or anything that you do outside of this, we still get a portion of it. And the record labels, a record label or the Spotify's justification is that is. You are this popular because of us. You have gotten this popularity because of us, so we want a portion of everything, and we'll give you more money because of it. Joe Biden said, it is not because of you. <laughs> it's because of me. You would not get a portion of anything, so they turned down the deal. Because like they would have gotten a portion of anything Joe Biden does with like the pull-up. He does the pull-up now with, like, with like interview with other people. He'll get a portion of state of the culture. It'll get a portion of um, anytime Rory was going to put it on an album, portion of Park's album, get a portion of whatever anybody else does, they would get a portion. They said, nah, we don't want that. And um, Joe, in Joe Budden's words, he thinks that it kind of, Spotify got upset that they kind of turned it away. So Spotify was quiet. I think they um, negotiated, supposed to have like, raises or bonuses based off the numbers then we get any bonuses um then comes december um december they're like all right um they've been working hard two two episodes a week which is a lot of work and they were like hey we want to take a take off for a week and i have to go on vacation just to take a break spotify was like nah right <laughs> you cannot take a break he was like but i just want to take a break he was like nah then they had like the award. They tried to do like an awards, like best podcast, Spotify best podcast of 2019. And they gave Joe Budden an award. Joe Budden's like, this is nonsense. Cause a lot of times awards are just a way to like, hey, you've done this. But he's like, yeah, but give me money though. Right. <laughs> don't give me these awards. Give me money. Um, Compensate me for what I've done. Yes. Don't just, don't just try to make it seem like we're great without showing you with the money that you have mm-hmm. then i think um and so instead they were like oh we're not gonna give you money but we'll buy you watches for you 
We'll, we'll buy you. We'll buy you some Rolexes. Like how they bought TLC cars. <laughs> we'll buy you some Rolexes. I'm like, and in 2020, that's like, what y'all coming to people with. All right. Okay. Joe Biden was like, this is my nonsense, but whatever. So they chose. They all chose their own Rolexes. He said they didn't choose high end. They just chose like some medium you know, basic, Rolexes. Basic, basic, basic. Spotify was like, ah, that's too expensive. How about some uh, some used ones? So like, all right, change it. They chose some used ones. Spotify was like, ah, <laughs> maybe not those. <laughs> so Joe Biden was like, all right. How about this? Whatever money you're gonna use for those for Rolexes, how about we just use that to just give money to the fans? Spotify was like, nah. And then money just never happened. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> then um COVID happened. And there and COVID and like I think um Joe Budden's father got sick. Mm-hmm. And I think Rory's grandfather passed away or something. There was mm-hmm. like, we're gonna break for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Joe Budden was like, I need to take care of my father and everything. So mm-hmm. they start recording. And then, like, after a few weeks, Spotify knocked on their door. It was like, hey, can you uh, can you record? But he was like, no, I'm taking care of my father right now. He's he's sick. And they had Bill, Bill Simmons call him and was saying, hey. Who's Bill Simmons? <laughs> it's another um, popular person. He's like, because I had to hear the podcast. Okay. And he was like, had Bill Simmons call him and was saying, hey. Uh, let me teach you how to do a podcast from home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Joe was like, we, we know how to do this. Right. He's like, I'm, I'm doing it because my father's sick. Right. And they was like, Mary, Mary. Right. <laughs> let's do this podcast. So Joe Budden is oh, not Bill Simmons someone. is like a, a sports podcast. Yeah. Okay. So that was happening. And then, then Spotify came to him with another deal. I think they said back in June. And the deal was, they said it's more money than they've ever had before. But, but it was still 360. Okay. It was still like owning a portion of everything. And Joe Biden was like, I don't want them to own a portion of what we have. We want to own it. Right? So there was like, so I think around there is when the podcast was trying starting to change. Mm-hmm. Like they started, like you could see like how the people in the podcast were kind of talking negatively about Spotify. Like, yo, it's nonsense. Mm-hmm. But like Joe Biden was saying like, I'm, I'm holding on I People kept telling me to hold on to contracts. Don't just cancel contracts. So I'm going to hold on. Mm-hmm. So like the last, well, like like four episodes ago, like he started talking about what happened and everything from there and talking about what Spotify did and all this stuff. And like all, he spoke about all of this. The week later, <laughs> um, Tahiri from um, who was... Joe Budden's ex from when was it? Three years ago? Four years ago? How long uh, was that? They would like they were on and off for a very long time. When he first first came on Love and Hip Hop, like they were together, and that was like it was like eight years ago, wasn't it? Like yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, so like to hear he came out of nowhere was saying Joe Budden broke my nose, and he beat her up, and this, and that, the third, and, and fourth. So then this started a whole kind of uh, media storm of people talking about. Because, you know, Joe Budden has been accused in the past of being an abuser um, by Esther Baxter, by other women he's dated. So this is kind of a, a a label that has kind of been on him for a very long time now. So when Tahiri came out and said he abused her, and this is after Tahiri had her own kind of media run with uh, marriage uh, boot camp with Vado, where he like appeared to choke her. Um 
you know, this was after she threw stuff at his head, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Um, so, you know, now she's kind of got this, she's in the position where she's being viewed as a victim of domestic violence. And so she's talking about how Joe Budden uh, allegedly um, abused her while they were together. And so, you know, it, it just started this whole media storm. So then, you know, um, people were making all these comments about, you know, Joe's an abuser, Joe's this, Joe's that. Then I think last week um, somebody took some pictures of some court documents. I guess it was because uh, so Joe at the t- at the time that the podcast was on was engaged to Sin Santana. Um, if you follow them at all, you know, they broke up, but they had a son. And so I guess this was paperwork for uh, like a custody agreement or something like that. So. I don't think the papers were ever filed, but it seems that someone saw they were, them. They were, they were lawyer documents. They were, yeah, they were official court documents. I don't no, think they were they, ever. They were lawyer documents. Like re- reason why I'm I'm saying that because they never went to the court at all. But what, when I'm saying court documents, I'm just trying to explain that they were official. This wasn't like okay. a piece of paper with yeah. like stuff written down. It was Correct. formatted in the way that uh, a court document would be formatted, like Got for it. a case. That's what I'm trying to say. So. It never went to court, like Mark said, but it was formatted in such a way that it could have. So in somebody close to sin, a friend, we're not sure who um, saw the documents and took pictures of them on um, on their phone, I guess. And I guess with this whole thing of Joe Budden being an abuser and blah, 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 blah the documents were leaked. And basically, you know, I'm nosy boots. I read it. And the funny thing is it was released by on an account that had the Spotify logo as their as their (laughs) picture. I'm like, this is such a troll. I can't take it. But it's hilarious. So I read through the um, the the pages that were posted. And essentially it says, you know, Joe Budden was like inappropriate with his dog. Um, He's inappropriate with their son. He's still on drugs. He still drinks alcohol. He was sexually uh you know, abusive with uh, sin. And he also was physically abusive by dragging her off the bed after an argument or something like that and dragging her down the hall or something like that. So essentially these rumors come out, these, these things come out, people are talking about it. The internet is buzzing about it. And so he felt the need to respond. Cynthia also felt the need to respond. She put out a video um, where she basically said, leave my family alone. I would like privacy. We were just, trying to hurt each other, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Joe came out on the podcast and was like, you know, people are trying to like tarnish my name, this, that, the third and the fourth. And I wanted to talk about it because I kind of feel like my thought process about it is this. I do think the timing is very, very interesting of, of now, of all of this now coming out because I mean, the Joe went, to me, I would think that this probably would have come out year like back when he first moved the podcast to Spotify. Correct. Like once they saw that that move was happening, I would think that this kind of stuff would come out then. Um, not necessarily the stuff with Sin, because that obviously allegedly happened while they were still together, which and they were together when the podcast moved to Spotify. But like the whole Tahiri stuff. I would have expected that that would have come out back then. Um, So I do find it very interesting that, you know, now that the deal has kind of soured with Spotify and Joe Budden has been vocal about 
that whole situation that now all these things are coming out about him being abusive to women. I find I do find the timing interesting. However, I will say that Joe Budden is 40 years old. He is a grown man. If you know that these types of allegations of being an abuser of women and being a drug user are things that plague you and probably will continue to plague you just because you're a person that's in the public eye and we don't let people in the public eye ever forget anything they've done. Why, why, why are you associating yourself with individuals that, that can help to bring that to the forefront if it's really your intention and your goal to move past those allegations and be a better person. Because on one of the podcasts, he was explaining, you know, why, you know, him and Tahiri, like he said, you know, me and Tahiri were both toxic. We were bad for each other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, he was like, you know, I still considered her a friend. And I was just like, but Joe, how can you say that your relationship was toxic? She's this person that's not good for you, but you keep talking to her even, you know, years and years after your relationship has ended. Like if you know that she's a toxic person, if you know that she lies, if you know that she brings up negative stuff, if you know that she may not have the best will or intentions towards you and wants to tear you down. Why would you continue to associate with her? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. If your intention is to move away from the things of the past that made you look a certain way or had you set up in a certain light, you would cut her off there. You don't have any reason to keep talking to her. Like Cynthia, you're always going to have to keep talking to her no matter what, because y'all have a kid together. So I completely get, you can't cut sin off to hear you can cut off. You don't have any reason to keep talking to this lady. Like, And then the fact that he was like, you know, I keep her secrets. I'm always keep her secrets. I'm like, that sounds like a little low key thready to me, but whatever. You should just stop talking to that lady and stop talking about that lady, period. Because if you're trying to move forward, you've got to leave certain stuff in the past. My other problem is that Joe, I feel like you, Joe, you have issues. You need what you need to evaluate what you're doing. And the kinds of people you're around, you need to start changing your circles because honestly, people keep saying the same thing about you. And it's looking like you keep giving people the stick to beat you with. I believe everything Cynthia put in that report, even though she's come back and said, oh, we were just trying to hurt each other. Girl, you know, good and well, you saw that man using drugs. People have been saying Joe been using drugs the whole time he's been on the podcast because he goes on these crazy rants where he's like yelling and sweating and he looks nuts. Bro, I get being passionate, but I do not believe 100% that Joe is 100% sober and drug free. He just moved to another drug that wasn't as crazy as Angel Dust. Like, that's it. Um, You have a reputation for being abusive to women. Multiple women have come out and said the same thing. I don't believe they're all lying. So... If you know, if you know that that's kind of the, the reputation you have, you either need to stop messing with women and sit down somewhere and get some therapy until you can figure out how to manage yourself better in relationship situations or B, you need to, my problem, my problem really is that Joe Budden is a Virgo. Virgos never take accountability for anything. Nothing's ever their fault. No shade to the Virgos. It's just the truth. I know enough of you to know this to be a fact. So he tries to spin things in such a way where it's like, 
everybody in the situation is accountable. And it's like, no, Joe, you are. You're accountable. You have to take accountability. If you would just say, I have been inappropriate in my handling of women in the past. I have done things that I am not proud of. I have been rough or aggressive or whatever you want to call it with women. And I'm doing the work to, to change, to be better. I apologize for my actions. But Joe is trying to Kevin Hart us with this. And it's just like, you're not, no, no. Like people have been saying that you've been an abuser for like upwards of 20 years. At some point, you have to own the part you've played in that. And even if you don't feel like you're 100% wrong, if, you're, if your job and what you're trying to do is, is media-based and is, and is contingent on people supporting you, then you got to play the game a little bit. You got to say, you know what? You have to just say outright, I have been an abuser. I have been inappropriate with women. I have done X, Y, and Z. I am seeking help to do whatever. Because I feel like when I read the comments on social media, like that's all people really want Joe to say. They just want him to say, I have done these things. I have Because in the past, when with the whole ex to Esther Baxter, she said he sat on her stomach. He got on a radio interview and said, I sat below her breast. Sir, what's below breast? A stomach. Like, why can't, why are you trying to like use semantics and twist words? You come off manipulative. And I feel like that's what he's doing again. And so that's what's causing people to have the negative reaction again. And he's calling people stupid and, and saying stuff like that. And it's like, you're alienating your fan base by trying to tell people who can see things for what it is, that they're stupid for seeing it for what it is. You're trying to be manipulative and use your gift with words to make the situation seem like something that it's not. You put your hands on people, Joe. What up, Just what because up. you didn't punch someone in the face. Because I think that maybe that's what he thinks, that, oh, I didn't punch anyone in the face. I didn't slap anyone. So I wasn't abusive. But grabbing someone and dragging them down a hall, that's abusive. So I'm just like that. Just own that you have been inappropriate with women and that you're doing better and, and taking steps towards changing that. But if you're not going to do that and you're just going to try to semantics us to death, you're going to lose a lot of people as fans. And that might not matter to you, but it kind of does. Like, look at like Chris Brown. Well, well, be, um, before you continue, um, Two things. He did say we are abusive and toxic to each other, to to, to Terry. Right, um, but I'm saying you not you didn't address that with sin. You didn't address that correct. with any I, other I'm, woman I'm, who I'm has not, accused you I'm of not, being not, an abuser. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm just right. trying to get facts out there. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 What no. I'm saying is facts too. He no, has no. never said. I'm. I'm just talking about specifically with that. Because, okay. And I'm just saying I, he's never said it to with right. regards to any of the other people. Because we, we never addressed the Terry thing yet. That's what I'm asking. Though. What is there to address? Like, they should just stop talking to each other. There's nothing more to say. Okay. <laughs> that, number one. Number two, even if he was never abusive, what you are doing and how you are carrying yourself matters, too. Exactly. How you are dressing it matters. And the people you're putting yourself around and how you address it. Like, you have to move more cautiously. Right. Even, even if... None of this happened. Let's say, let's just say for some reason, everybody's lying. How Try you're moving, how you're moving still matters. How you're moving in a situation still matters. Um, it's still your responsibility 
to make to make sure that that information <laughs> doesn't you're not coming off a certain way. Right. You have to make sure like it, it if you're going to rebrand, rebrand all the way. Yeah, you have you have to, you have to change what how you move, how you do things um and everything so it doesn't come off. You you have to be excessively not. <laughs> right. Like you, you you can't you can't you can't now teeter the line and be right. like, "All right, I'm not be so I can just teeter. No, you can't yeah. teeter the line anymore. You literally have to turn around. <laughs> you have to literally repent from being an abuser. Turn away from it and yeah. do something different. Yeah, yeah, you have to be you have to be mindful of voice tones more. You have to be yeah. mindful of how you move. You have to be mindful of every kind. You, you have to be more mindful now. Right, and it plays into the kind of woman you date. Right. Also, so you have to be mindful of if you see, like, I understand people are attracted to a certain, but if you see a certain behavior of somebody who. Like you can kind of see if someone behaves more erratic, you're like, oh, be more mindful. Right. Because to me, I'm just like, and maybe stop stop dealing with these young women also. Yeah, deal with women your age for one, but also women that want to deal with him. If you know that this is his reputation, you need to be very cautious about dating him. If you know that this is, because to me, I'm just like, what's most disappointing to me is that after all these years, after everything this man has done it still keeps coming up this abuser bit. And it's like, bro, what are you, when are you a going to stop being abusive? B going to actually do something to change the narrative about you. Like just because you got a little more money now and you wear Gucci coats, if you're still doing the same stuff you was doing when you was broken, doing angel dust, it's never, it, nothing's ever going to change. It's always going to come back to Joe is an abuser because you won't change your behavior. And that's why I brought up Chris Brown because Chris Brown is the same way. Yes, Chris Brown admitted that he beat um, Rihanna, but then Chris Brown went on to date other women and behave like a stalker and a creep with them. He's still stalking Karuchi to this day. Karuchi's with Victor Cruz living her best life. Chris Brown still be under her Instagram comments, putting heart emojis and stuff. Leave that girl alone. Like, you're not helping the situation of not looking like a controlling, abusive individual when you continue to do things that cast you in that light. But you're arguing that you want people to see you differently. Well, do something different then. That's all I'm saying. Do something different. If you want to be perceived differently, do something different. And so I think, like you said, with Joe Budden, he got to be, you know, accountable for the type of people that he dates, interacts with, whatever the case is. And then to go back to what you said earlier about ownership, the podcast is not just Joe. It's Rory. It's Parks. It's Maul. It's Erickson. It's It's a whole bunch of people that are impacted by what he does. And what comes out about him as a result of being affiliated with him on this podcast. So you can't be talking about ownership, taking responsibility, this, that, the third and the fourth, when you're not considering how the things you're doing are impacting the people that you're responsible for who work with and for you. Because just like the Kevin Hart situation with the Oscars where he didn't want to apologize, people were telling Kevin, yo, people have been denying me jobs or denying me opportunities because I'm affiliated with you. And it's like, Joe, the people that are around you, your actions and the things that you're embroiled in could possibly be affecting their bottom line because they're affiliated with you. Correct. Correct. And to me, I feel like Maul sitting up there saying, Oh, I've never seen him abuse anybody. Of course you haven't Maul dating, dating Joe and being friends with Joe is a different person. Like one of my female friends could come to me. One of my, 
the wife of one of my male friends could come to me today and be like, oh my gosh, so-and-so beats me. My answer could very well be, oh, I've never seen him do anything like that, but why would I? Me and that guy are friends. We've never dated. I don't know dating him. He might really be beating that girl's behind all up and down, but I'll never know because that's not the type of dynamic we have. So to even have people saying, oh, I've never seen him do that. You haven't dated him. You would never see it. So it's just, you know, you just got to be, you just got to handle this smarter. And I just feel like it's unfortunate that as far as he's come in terms of, you know, everything he's gone through in his twenties and his bad deals and his this and his that to be at this point where you're really like getting your just do, getting your recognition, doing, doing the things that, you know, you, you need to do and you have to do to push things forward that you're still dealing with this because you just won't change because for some reason you think that this is working. I'm like, it, it's not. So I just, I just think it's unfortunate. I'm very, I'm going to be watching to see where this ends up, but it's like, Bro, you like we can't keep talking about the same stuff with you over and over and over again. Like at some point you have to take accountability and say, you know what? I have I played a part in this. I did stuff to contribute to this situation and I have to be the one that does something to change. Because if you're going to be all I'm the owner, I'm the leader, I'm the this, I'm the that, you have to set an example and you have to do the right thing and 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 make better decisions so that the things you do have longevity because he has two kids. So I'm like, do you want to impact? Do you want the choices that you have made to impact how you now take care of those kids? Cause one of his kids is in college. He paying for college out of the money he's making from this podcast. So I'm like, bro, you got another child that's going to be in college in like 13, 15 years or so. Like you want to do stuff so that the stuff you have now is able to positively impact your children in the future. So just come on, bro. Come on. Word. That's that's my only thing about that. Um, do you have anything else about the Joe Budden situation? No. Nope. So the next thing on the agenda is um, also domestic violence related. So Tamar Braxton, um, I don't know if you heard you. Um, Tamar Braxton. Uh, I know it is. Went to the hospital like a couple of weeks ago uh, under an, uh, a suicide attempt, I think. Mm-hmm. They said she slit her wrists and uh, they took her to the hospital. She's back home or whatever the case is. So... Her and her husband, Vince, I'm not 100% sure if they're fully divorced yet, but they're broken up for sure. And um, and they filed for divorce, but I don't know if the divorce is complete or not. But she's been dating this guy named David. And this guy named David kind of seemed like, you know, a really supportive force, seemed like she really loved him, et cetera, et cetera. So it just came out this past week that apparently they are in some type of abusive relationship themselves. And apparently it was like a murder suicide situation that could have potentially gone on between the two of them. So he put out a statement saying that she was abusive to him. She was beating him through. She was threatening to kill him and herself. And she came back and said, that's not true. He's been abusive to me. This, that, the third and the fourth. So it's just been a whole bunch of back and forth. And I'm just like, Tamar can't be going out like this. Like Tamar is entirely too talented of an individual to be going out like this. Like, I'm not sure what it is that's happening with her. Well, based on what I see, I saw on the Iyanla show, uh, she needs some deep, intense therapy. The whole family does, to be completely honest. But something happened to Tamar when she was a kid that nobody in the family has ever allowed her to address. And I think it affects every aspect of her life, including the type of men she dates. Cause I always thought that guy was a little sketchy. 
to be honest. I'm like, mm, he gave me a little opportunity, but you know, whatever. So the her and the boyfriend are broken up now. I think they got restraining orders or he got a restraining order against her. It's been a whole mess. So, you know, this whole time, it's been very confusing what's going on with them. Cause like the boyfriend has posted videos of him with uh, Tamar and Vince's son. And it's just, it's very, very interesting. So apparently the boyfriend and Vince have been having some type of conversation. And so the text messages leaked where Vince was basically like, uh, I tried, I was a big supporter of you and Tamar together because it seemed like a good thing, but it pretty much seems like you're not that guy. So, um, I'm going to get Tamar and um, the baby's name is Logan, I think, and Logan's stuff out of the house. And then after that, me and you don't have nothing to talk about no more. You and Tamar don't have nothing to talk about no more. That's that on that. And I was just like, oh, this is taking the plot twist of all plot twists. So I I just, you know, prayers to everybody involved because that's crazy. Because Tamar is like 40 something years old. Like the fact that she's embroiled. In something like this, I'm like, Tamar's man picker might be broken. And a lot of women are. Because Vince kind of seemed like a little abusive too. But it's like, so you left that one abusive seeming guy to go get with another one? I'm like, whew. Yikes. Yeah, the the claim is that um, she was hitting him while in the car. um, Causing the car to nearly crash. And then she started beating up the car. And then he he alleged that... um, she said that she's going to have Vince send goons to kill him. Well, not goons, yeah. Um, and then David called 911 saying she'd attempted suicide. Mm. And it was over a beef with WeTV. Yeah, because there's a show that they have out now that I don't think she's like promoting or involved in. I think the, the WeTV thing is what led to her slitting her wrist and being in the hospital because I guess we was like girl we putting the show out and what about it and she didn't like it because I guess it's not going to portray her or the boyfriend in a very good light so she didn't want them to do it but it's happening yeah that's that's how contracts work yeah yeah it's crazy um so yeah like that's that situation's crazy but like just yet another example of like domestic violence and how like prevalent it is and just you would think that people would be at this level of fame would be a little bit more astute in not having themselves in these types of situations, but child, I guess not. I guess not. Um, in other like weirdo, like Hollywood related news, I meant to bring this up a couple of weeks ago, but I forgot. Um, so the internet was dragging Marcus Houston of immature a little while back because he's 38 years old and he's married to a 19 year old who he has apparently been dating slash knowing slash whatever you want to call it since she was 16. And apparently this girl was like on the missing, on the missing person's database at one point, she must've ran away from home from wherever she was. And now she's married to Marcus Houston. And it's kind of like you 38, what are you married to? What are you doing with a 19 year old who you've quote unquote been talking to since she was 16? Like it just gives a little pedophile kind of tea. It, it looks a little sus. Because you almost 40 with a girl that's 20. Like, what are you doing? Huh? Huh? What's that? <sighs> it looks it don't look right, Marcus. That coupled with the fact that Rasby has said that you were sexually abusive to him when he was in, um, what's that group, B2K? And the fact that your man's Chris Stokes is also a big rumored um, abuser as well. It just, it looks like you're continuing the cycle, Marcus. It just, it just don't look right. Um, and the fact that people, you know, like, what's his name? Jay Boog from uh from uh 
B2K was like in the wedding and it's like a big surprise. I'm like, nobody sees what's wrong with this. Marcus Houston looked like a whole creep. I'm waiting for the surviving Marcus Houston, to be honest with you, because I, I have some questions. So God willing, if they put one out, I'll be perched and ready to watch it because. That's fine. Hmm? I said, that's fine. I'm just, I, I live for some tea because I'm just like, Marcus Houston, what are you doing? And you can see like Marcus Houston hairline receding and that girl looked young and vibrant. I said, girl, why you did this? Why, why you murdered this man? But I see he tried to do the Jehovah Witness rebrand. So I guess that's, that's how he's trying to make it cool because they're both Jehovah Witnesses. And, you know, yeah, you know, they get married young, blah, 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 allegedly. But she's still 19 and you still 38. So it still looks crazy. I'm just saying. That girl don't know no better. Because at 19, you don't know anything about anything. She's just following you and trusting you. And you're basically manipulating her into being whatever you want her to be and she don't even see it. So shame on you, Marcus Houston. It's trash. Um, so uh, moving on in other trifling folks news. Um, so have you ever heard of Theranos? Theranos, have you ever heard of it? So Theranos was um, this company that this, uh, this white woman started. Um, what was her name? Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, back in... That's T-H-E-R? Yes. No, T-H-E-R-A-N-O-S. N-O-S. I'm sorry, I said N-O-S. Um, she started it back in 2003. And this lady, I think she's from Stanford University. I can't remember if she graduated from the school or not. But essentially, she came up with this idea that um, to develop like this, like a blood test machine that would make it where you took less blood, like you would basically be able to get all the information you needed with like one simple prick and like two drops of blood. Like it was supposed to be like a way to make um, blood tests cheaper and more convenient and accessible to consumers. Like, I think they were trying to put these like blood tests, like sort of like kiosk machine things and like CVSs and stuff like that, where a person could just walk in, get their finger pricked, get the blood out. And, you know, it could go off to wherever it had to go off to, to get tested. And that was going to be, um, that on that. So, um, yeah, she actually had a contract with Walgreens, I believe, to have these uh, machines set up in their stores. Come to find out, um, she was lying about, the, and mind you, she never graduated from, from Stanford. I just looked. She didn't have any knowledge of what she was doing in terms of like the medical field, blood testing. She basically defrauded investors in the company out of hundreds of millions of dollars. And I think there's a documentary out there about this story somewhere, but literally she just sold a dollar in a dream. She didn't have any receipts. She didn't have any proof. She just went in there being pretty and perky white and excited. Leaving white people for nothing. I'm like, yo, y'all got to do a little more That's research. Why I'm like, I'm like, you know, stuff you got to go through. Like y'all be believing white people for nothing. Yeah. I'm like, girls, like, like I appreciate the, um, the belief that you have the belief like, and the confidence, but like you got to do a little digging because this girl finessed y'all out of millions of dollars off of nothing. Like she didn't have when she I remember watching the documentary and she wasn't going around and showing people the machine or how it would work. She would just be like, yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And I guess she had a personality where people just believed what she said. And so, you know, 
she I guess she was missing deadlines on stuff she was promising and like the results from some of her quote unquote clinical trials were like kind of questionable. So I guess, um, you know, Safeway was another company who had um, participated and um, in helping her. And so they started being uh, like, what's going on here? And they started to ask some questions. And so finally, um, they and they got this company got all types of awards and stuff like that. And in 2015, um, some people started doing some research on the company and was like, oh, this lady's making a lot of this stuff up as she goes along. Like none of this is real. So eventually the company got shut down. She was arrested and charged with uh, fraud and all types of other things. And so now she's going to be apparently using I have a mental illness um, as her defense in trying to get away with not going to jail for many, many years for um, scamming people out of money and resources and all the other stuff that she's done. Uh, yeah, it, it was insane. Like it's basically somebody called it like the fire fest of the medical, the fire festival of the medical world, where it was basically like just somebody just out here promising a bunch of stuff and having no receipts to back it up. But they're just saying, yeah, we're going to do it. And people being like, okay, they're going to do it based off of no, not a fact in sight. So yeah, sis is about to go to jail for a long time and she is trying to the company was at one point worth like nine billion dollars or something like that back in 2014 before it all um came to a head and so now she is um going to be on trial for her crimes and uh yeah she's she's trying to pull a mental insanity plea to get out of jail i hope it doesn't work i hope no one falls for it but she knew exactly what she do, She was doing. She knew exactly what she was doing. Like, girl, you kept the scam going for like 10 years. You knew what she was doing. And that's what I be trying to figure out. I'm like, people be having mad money, be throwing out mad money. I'm like, you know, you know what scam money has been used? On no, things? seriously. Scam money that could have solved homelessness, hunger, so many things in this country. <laughs> so, so much scam so money. Many, and so much money has just been wasted in <laughs> on, these scams. On, on nonsense scams. Seriously. Meanwhile, so many things about the lives of people in this country could have improved, been improved with that money. But no, people spent it on scams. And so here we are in Scam City. I'm like, mm. Mm -mm, this ain't it. So I'm very interested to see how this plays out and what kind of jail time she gets. But girl, you ain't got no mental illness. You're just a scammer and the scam backfired. It's different. I feel as if, if like... Like you only hear about the scams after like they've gotten a couple million dollars. The company was valued at nine billion dollars. No, I'm saying like, like that. I feel like if you have a scam, how did she get to that point and no one figured out she was scamming? I feel like if you scam for like three hundred thousand, you'd be cool <laughs> because like you're like ah, oh, it's only three hundred thousand. Yeah, I feel, I, like, I feel like when it gets to get to the millions, like hey, what's going on here? <laughs> we have some questions. We we have. Some I feel like people scam for like a couple hundred thousand. They're like eh, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, like they scammed investors out of big dollars, big dollars. I'm like, I feel, I feel like it just depends on who you scam. I feel like once you scam the wrong person, then they start researching. They're like, oh, okay, 
Yeah, it's, like it's, it's always the wrong one. Like, don't get me wrong. The idea sounded like a great one. Oh, I can just take like a small amount of blood and I can test for all these things. I can test for HIV. I can test for diabetes. I can test for herpes. I can but, test for. But that's I can kind of, I can test for all of this from one sample of blood. Like that sounds awesome. But 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 that's kind of like what things happen, and that's why it's, it's crazy because like. I could just have an idea. I'm like, hey, I want research. I want to research this and figure this out. Pay me to figure this out. Well, why, why should you pay you? Because I feel like I want to figure this out. I right. Just, just pay me. Figure it out. You know what? <laughs> but this, I think this lady was kind of like a trust fund kid. And, you know, she went to Stanford. And, you know, Stanford is like very much like Silicon Valley tech. Like there's a lot of advancements happening in tech over there. So I'm sure she had that on her side to help people like be convinced that she um, just pay for ideas. Yeah, but I'm telling you, I I can never. I I can't even scam fifty dollars. Like I would get caught. Yeah, I would immediately. Immediately, like it would never work for me. So you know, on one hand, I'm like kudos, sis. I'm glad that she was. Nah, I'm glad. Glad is wrong. I I applaud that you were able to pull it off for as long as you did. I just. I'm, but wow, I can't I can't do scams. I, no. I feel I will, I will get caught every single time. Yeah, I don't I don't believe in my. Ability to not get caught. No, yeah, I'm like, mm-mm. it's not gonna work for me. I would never be able to scam nine billion dollars out of anybody. I don't know if I can scam thirty dollars. To be honest, without getting caught, like it's just not. <laughs> there's just some levels of of that's a level of life that we haven't unlocked yet. Like, sis, obviously unlocked it very early in life. Like, we might never get there because I I don't know how she just pulled that one off. I really, yeah, I was trying to scam something. Know. God be like, nah, son. No, nah, like, no scamming for you, sir. No God, I'm like, now nah, you caught right now. You play yes. games. Yes, it'll never work. It'll never work. <laughs> you play games. You yeah. think you think this is a game? Yeah, obviously, because you you think you think you like these people. You can just go scam too. Okay, never mind to you. So yeah, that's that's basically that's basically what happened. What happened there? What else so, you got? Um, y'all see California? It looked like oh. apocalyptic. It's crazy. Yeah, it's orange. It's orange, and apparently the fires are spreading to Oregon. So Oregon's like, all right. So they're they're basically on like a mass casualty watch at this point because they're like the fires is coming over here. It's not a whole lot we can do. We just got to ride it out. I'm like, what's happening? Like 2020 is hashtag too much. We still got the COVID. It's hurricane season in some parts of the uh, some parts of the country. Then we got California trying to burn down Oregon. It's wild. I feel like this might be some Mexican revenge. The Mexican people want their land back. Something's happening. I would just ask some questions, guys. That's all I'm saying. Um, The one positive, quote unquote, thing I did see out of that is that, um, because I don't know if people know this, but in uh, California, like the people who fight those wildfires, sometimes it's firefighters. A lot of times it's prisoners that get paid like a dollar an hour to fight fire. Like, Slavery at its finest. Um, One of the, I can't remember who, one of the county like mayors or whatever, I don't remember the exact title of the person, has made it so that when these guys come out of jail, once they finish their sentence, these guys will be able to um, apply to be firefighters. Because I guess like once you're in jail, like, you know, it, yeah, it like, precludes you from certain jobs. They, that that was a big thing. I.e. being a firefighter. So one of these people from one of where one of these places where the jails are, where their um, inmates go and fight fires, they said that they will make it so that when the guys come out of jail, they are able to apply to be firefighters. Great. Because like that, that was a big thing. I, went down, cause I, I remember like they were saying like 
they would be there fighting fires and they would come out of jail. Should I be a firefighter? They're like, no, you were in jail. I was like, what? but bro, I fight fires like forest <laughs> fire. Like I didn't. I was just hosing down no house, my guy. I was hosing down a whole forest. What do you mean? Yeah. So so yeah. I'm, I'm glad that they finally found a, that. I'm like the least y'all could do a dollar an hour to almost die. Girl, by foolishness. Um, moving on. Black girl excellence. I just had to shout this out. Um, so I'm a big fan of tennis, as you know, people that know me know. And um, Naomi Osaka, who is Haitian and Japanese, if I if I remember correctly, has won her second U.S. Open title, which is awesome sauce. Um, so kudos to Naomi Osaka. I'm very excited because um, tennis season has been weird this year. Because, you know, Corona. So, you know, they haven't really, uh, it hasn't really been as, like, covered as it normally would be. So, um, you know, a lot, and a lot of the players who normally come out and, and play these tournaments either haven't or can't because, you know, traveling between, you know, Europe and the United States and all that is, like, a whole thing. So a lot of the players who are normally on the circuit didn't play. Like Serena played and I think she made it up until the semifinal and then she lost to the person who played um, Osaka. So if Serena didn't win, Osaka winning makes me very happy because, you know, black girls rock, black girl excellence. So Naomi Osaka won for the women. The men are playing today, but it's two guys that I don't particularly follow. So I'm like, kudos to the two of them. Congrats, whoever wins. Um, but yeah, shout out to Naomi Osaka. And then the final thing, uh, new music. So new music out this week, the two that I wanted to highlight, um, Skip Marley, who um, is the grandson of Bob Marley. He has an album out. And uh, you might have seen him on one of, one of the award shows uh, that they did, him and her. Yeah. H-E-R. Him and her. They did a song <laughs> together. I think they're dating, but I'm not sure. No, I'm, I'm just saying you say him and her. Yes, I'm like not her, like some random lady, like her, the singer. They have some collaborations together. Um, so people might have heard of him from there. And so he put an album out this past week. I've listened to a few songs so far and I like it. Um, and Conway the Machine, um, this rapper from like, where they from? Buffalo. That's part of the uh, Griselda yeah, conglomerate Benny, of rappers. Benny the Butcher, Conway, and um, West Side Gun. Yes. So Conway the Conway the Machine, he put out an album um this past week. I downloaded it. I haven't listened to it yet, but I think I like him. Um as a as a rapper from what I've heard of the like Griselda combination uh stuff. So if you're looking for something new to listen to in addition to Sam Henshaw, check out um the Skip Marley and the um Conway the Machine albums. Uh that was that. Did you listen to Big Sean? Um, part of it. I don't get it. Yeah, I didn't finish the whole thing yet either. I like what I've heard so far, but you know, I, I have to finish it to decide whether it's actually like bad or not. Because I feel like I've heard mixed reviews. Like I've heard some people say it's horrible, and I've heard some people say, "Ah, oh, it's all right." So I think you know, I like Brazil. Like I, I like seeing people who are hungry and who are like, like I am. I'm quite hungry. <laughs> who are gradually Literally. doing, gradually get better as they go. Um, I th- I think I start to like them more and more that they're getting better. They're hungry. like they're on everybody's song, everybody's album. They out like, here in these streets. Like all three of them, they're like, "Yo, who album I'm getting on? Let's go, let's go, let's go." Like <laughs> I, I got bars. I will rap on anybody's album. <laughs> I don't care who you are. <laughs> I got bars. Yeah. Bars. So. Bars. 
No. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I think I, um, I like it. I think um, they, they, they just, I just grinding like all three of them. Um, if you don't, I, I, I think we should probably spotlight them. One of these days. Yeah, probably. probably we'll try to do it next week. Word. Um, Griselda. If you don't know about Griselda, get into yes. Griselda. Go do your Googles. It's a group and a record label. G-R-I-S-E-L-D-A. I believe they're named after Griselda Blanco, who was a big time drug lord back in the 80s. So they're, they're you know, paying homage to the sis. So, yeah, that's what's going on um, in the music world. Is there anything else that you want to bring up, talk about, have on the agenda? Um, No, that's it. I think we good. All right, so if there is nothing else, we're just going to pack this thing up and take it home. So uh, we love you. We thank you for listening. And until next time, we bid Bid you you adieu. Under two hours. Uh huh. Barely made it. Yeah, boy. It's the All Love No Fear Podcast. Hey, it's hey. the All Love No Fear Podcast. Hey, Check hey, us out. Hey. It's the All Love Oh No Fear Podcast. podcast uh huh, uh huh. All Love Oh No Fear Podcast.